0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Story Worth Sharing podcast. This is Chris, one of the hosts, and I'm joined by the other, much more eloquently, well-spoken podcast That's host, not, Amy not Rodriguez. True, though I think it is, I, I, I think don't it think is. it is. Yeah, I like I get the point across, but you're just you know you just have a way.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. How are we? basically at the end of the season I heard winding yeah. down I'm Couple kind of sad left. kind yeah. of sad
0: season two is coming to a close but we already are in the works for season three we're excited we about it so yeah,
1: I made two discoveries this week Okay. First one. I did not know you could grill an egg. I don't Is know that, that. Like a I knew whole that egg.
0: You just take the egg and put it on the grill.
1: I guess it's. I guess it's an easier way of boiling it. I don't know if it's easier, but I guess people are choosing that instead of boiling it. It does the same thing for a hard boiled egg, but they're putting it on the grill.
0: But it's a hard grilled egg. I guess.
1: Apparently, it has a better taste. I don't know. I, I wonder don't, if it's I don't, faster. I'm not for it. You and think? how do you know if it's but, done?
0: It doesn't like. That's load the or sink or whatever it's supposed to do when it's hard boiled out. You would
1: know. also have to be super intentional about taking it off and putting it like an ice because it'll still cook, like, even if you take it off. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll try it. I feel like it takes a lot of effort just to even start the grill. And then, does that, how long does that take? I don't know. I don't grill. I know nothing about it. So, so how I'm, did you find out about it? I saw an article <laughs> on
0: it. And the article it didn't give up. any information it on really how to do it. Or anything? It really didn't. It really okay. just
1: said, like, you fire up a grill like you would and you put an egg on it and nice. then you take it off.
0: Okay. Well, if you're <laughs> listening and you've ever had a. Grilled egg, like let us know. Like yeah, Hit I'm really interested. Know.
1: Does it taste smokier? Does it have a smoky taste? I bet it would. Maybe. You know the other thing. You play code names. I do. Yeah. Have you played the code names duet version?
0: I haven't, but I saw it recently because it's really two person, right? Yeah. On yeah. if it's
1: harder or if it's simple. I was trying to read about it, but it was really confusing because I think you're supposed to work together. Yeah but I don't get how it works. So I was wondering if you had played it because you're I a very haven't. game board.
0: I love games. Things, very so, much so. Very but much that's so the so next
1: one games. we should get. I, it looks fun. I think I read something about it having like mission cards so you get to like do different things. Oh, so. that's cool. But uh, I think I think I did read though that it is harder in the fact that you only get a certain amount of guesses Okay. Or something like there's limits to what you can guess or how long you have.
0: Ah, uh, much needed. Not
1: good for me. Yeah, but, much needed. You know,
0: Although I think even the regular Codenames comes with a little timer and yeah, people we just do- don't pull it out of the box. Yeah, we've never used it.
1: And I don't think this one comes with one. Yeah.
0: Have you played uh, Codenames Disney version? No, it's I like pictures? want to. I yeah. feel like that's hard. Yeah. To connect
1: I, pictures versus words yeah, would be so once, much harder.
0: And in some ways you would think it would be harder, but in other ways it kind of isn't just because you can, you know abstract things in the picture, like round or lines or, you know, whatever kind of thing. But I would love that. Yeah. I've only played it once, but I remember it being fun.
1: I want to play that one. Yeah. I'm excited.
0: What's your favorite go-to party game?
1: I don't know if I have one. Honestly, the one that might be fun—it's not a board game, but is it fishbowl? The one that you get in a circle yes, and you play yeah. with everyone. It's like the charades, but not. Yeah, I've always loved those types of games. I think that's really fun. Or again, not a board game, but I'm always into the Mario parties, the Mario there cards. You go. There you go. <laughs> I'm yeah. very, I'm very easily entertained with that stuff. Yes. Good choice.
0: <laughs> Good choice. Yep. Well, I'm curious to see what today's guest would say their go-to party game is. It just feels like he has a lot of experience with games and parties and people and stuff. <laughs> We're excited to have Brad Culpepper on the podcast today. How's hey, it going, Brad?
2: It's going great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, yes, we just got back from vacation. Nice. And So we get vacation, Brad. You do. Relaxed, Brad? Very, yeah, relaxed, More Brad. relaxed than usual. More relaxed <laughs> than great. usual. Um, yeah, I, my wife... I always lose to her in board games. So okay. I, you could say I don't have an affinity for board games right now <laughs> for the past seven years, maybe. Um, but we've been playing Monopoly Deal like every mm, chance we yes. can. Yes, like
0: the card the version card of version. Monopoly, yes.
2: Oh. and.
1: Have you I played this? No.
0: Oh, it's fun. And it, the best part about it is that in, in 15 minutes you can play the whole game.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Depending okay. on who you play with. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> true. That's fair. That's fair. If you're that's playing fair. with
2: my dad and my mom and my brother, <laughs> the game may go to like 11.30 at night. Oh, my goodness. For no. one game of Monopoly deal? Uh, we probably started at 10.30 okay. on that game. Okay. Uh, but it's Very intense, yes. At some points, you feel like you're about to take the whole bag, <laughs> and then at some points, you're like, oh, I got nothing in my bag, yep. so that will um, be me. Yeah, it's a fun one. Yeah, it's um, a good one. We do play quite a few. I mean, Roomie Cube, I'm an old mm. school kind of Roomie oh, Cube guy. Roomie cube. I'm not
1: good at it. Love I it. think I tried playing with Chris, and it just didn't. He was trying to teach me, and I was like, No, this isn't it. <laughs> it's for old uh, people,
2: <laughs> it is for old people. Game. Uh, it's well, one game. Wait, I, did you just call me old? I'm we. Weed. He did say okay. we, so yeah. he didn't just throw. I you mean, under. he's just
1: so thinks people throw him under the bus for his age. No, I mean,
0: I don't even care, but I'm definitely the oldest person
2: in the room. So, well, yeah, I think for people on staff, uh, it goes Will, Sean, and then somehow it skips everybody else and Chris. Yeah, and, uh, pretty much. But uh, yeah, I think board games are awesome. I want to know about the grilled egg thing. I want to know if it leaves like char marks, like you know,
1: I know grill marks
2: on your yeah. egg, like does that signify it was really a true grill? Yeah. Add? How would you know? Yeah. I'm going to try this. Please do. Yeah. I want to know. We'll, I won't
1: ever try it. We'll give you an update <laughs> yeah, on season three know. of the story
0: <laughs> of sharing podcast. Yeah. Uh, I'll yeah. come
2: back to taste test. I don't there care. we
0: go. Yes, there we go. That's yeah. worth it. for sure. Well, Brad, thanks for coming on the podcast. Tell us a little bit. Just what is your role here at Brazos fellowship on staff?
2: Yeah, if you look on the website, it says the assistant creative content director. Oh, nice. Um,
0: I don't even know if I knew what wow. your title was. I know what you do. Is but. that
1: on a name tag? Did you get <laughs> a name tag and that's on there?
2: I never got a name tag. Assistant Brad.
0: creative
2: <laughs> content <laughs>
0: Yeah, creator uh, director, direct, creative content director. Content okay, director. assistant creative content
2: director. We really Got don't it. have a creative content director,
0: <laughs> so uh, you are assistant oh, to dear. no one. Assistant somebody <laughs> out
2: there. Uh, if you know him, let me know. <laughs> um, but I get to work here at church under our creative team. Yeah, uh, we call it the service programming department. Or, yeah, yeah, and uh, we work with more like this the creative side for the main parts of the church uh, the auditorium. You know, overall. I uh, work with production. We do a lot of creative brain work together. So I mainly handle the filming and editing for the church on main projects. Uh, at the movies is what, you know, kind of in that summer season. So yeah. that's uh, my heavy hitter for my workload. Um, just a lot of the testimonials and kind of things that we we'll work with more as a broad church kind of thing. That's what I handle. So, yep. um, and we've grown. I mean, when we when I started... Uh, is me and Corey and Chris. Yep. I don't know if you know this. Chris was <laughs> me before I came That's on true. here. That's true. Yeah, Chris yeah. <laughs> Chris was a lot of things. <laughs> um, and he Chris still is. Has worn a lot of different hats <laughs> here, of so yeah. So yeah. <laughs> And uh, but yeah, we've kind of grown since that point and added, um, you know, people to do graphics. We've got people that do like in house like production stuff. Now we have through COVID, we've learned about produ- broadcasting and so. Uh, y'all met Rocco yep. and uh, Rocco's awesome. He's a great asset to our team and just everything he, he brings to it. So uh, yeah, I work in that room. Awesome. I love it.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah it is such an overlooked aspect. Everybody sees the finished product and they're like, Oh, that was cool and have no idea yeah, what went into so the creation true. of all of that. But uh, it's, it's really cool how that team has grown and to, even to see just how you have grown and your eye for it has grown and, Man, um, you bring a ton to the table and a ton to the staff. So we're excited to yeah get into sharing a little bit of your story.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's definitely a story. <laughs>
0: um. Oh, man. I like that setup. It's definitely a story. Yeah.
1: yeah. New well, it, tagline. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely
0: a story. New t-shirt coming soon. <laughs> yep. Well, you know, and we talk about this all the time, but we feel passionately that everybody has a story worth sharing. And oftentimes we don't even recognize in the moment what's happening or how the kind of impact that it's going to have or how it is shaping our character, who we are. And when you think about your story in, in those, you know, in that regard, what would you say are some of those moments that you have experienced that you walked through those seasons, whatever, and whether you knew it or not in the moment have had a profound impact on who you are?
2: Yeah. I mean, um, how long is this podcast? <laughs> I don't know uh, I grew up in church, uh, all my life. Um, really haven't known anything different. Uh, I've strayed away from the church. I've had chances where I've grown in the church and, um, God has really molded me to who I am today for a lot of different places and a lot of different people that have helped shape me. And, uh, we'll probably get to one part where me and Chris intersected, but yeah. way before brothers fellowship. So, so uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but there's just some places that, um, God's taken me some places I've tried to run from God at, and um, it's culminated to this place now and where I am. And um, for more of who I am, like real quick, is like I'm a husband to Megan Culpepper, who's uh, more brilliant than I could ever imagine. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, she's an awesome, awesome woman um, who loves me thick and thin, yeah, right through it all. Uh, I, we also have four kids, um, and. <laughs> We have four kids.
1: Uh, so. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> yeah, let that set in. We
2: have four kids. Yeah. Uh, yeah, your kids are amazing. Yeah, we we are so blessed. Um, I, I, some days I kind of like come back from the beach. You know, we were just like, I was sitting there. I was like, my kids are just loving this. And my daughter was so pumped to play in the sand. She's three years old. And like, I had to tell her how many sleeps before the trip. Yes. You know, like I love All it. Right, six more sleeps. Then we're going to the beach. And yeah. Yeah. Now that we've gone to the beach, it's like, when can we go again? Exactly. So like yeah. 347 sleeps so we're going back to the beach. <laughs> we've had to plan another beach trip now so, uh, real soon, so I can keep saying like a double-digit number. Yeah, there we go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll, because of that, like things that God's carried me through, I've come to this place, and it's really set me up for being a husband, uh, being a father, and being a coworker. Like uh, a lot of things I've had to learn. Um, and there's no handbook. There's a lot of like teaching. There's a lot of great biblical things that we learn from the Bible. Um, but your own experiences, they don't set themselves up by other people. They're you're literally walking through them yeah. and learning as you go. Sometimes, but you're also trying to gain knowledge and wisdom and better understanding. And it's taken 37 years to kind of <laughs> be more. I guess what I think God is bringing me to. Yeah, and realizing it yeah. in that moment, rather than just like. What's the next step? What's mm-hmm. the next thing on the horizon? What's the, where am I going? Um, you know, because when you're in high school, college, you're like, "What's God's will?" Well, I, I don't, know. <laughs> I don't right. know. Somebody speak from a burning bush or something, real quick. Mm-hmm. But so, a, a key moment, I guess I could go through this is that I played in a Christian rock band for a little bit, played drums, and uh, it was great. Travel with a few guys that love their still doing awesome today. Love those guys. Um, but I met a girl when we were traveling who lived in Kansas city and she's amazing. She's a good friend, somebody that I thought, you know, was going to go places. And we dated for like two and a half years. And, you know, at the time I was starting to think like, okay, maybe I should get closer to, cause I was living in Tyler, Texas, which is not near Kansas city. <laughs> <No>. Um, <laughs> even though it's in Texas it's still a long, familiar thing. Yeah. Um, And so at that point, I think we're getting serious. I'm like, hey, we should – I should probably move closer. And so I start the whole plan of, like, I'm going to move to Kansas City. I have no earthly idea what I'm going to do there. I have no other, like, reason to go besides this girl. So you can see how short-sighted Brad was back there. (laughs) Um, But, like, you know, I would do the long-distance thing. We did it for two and a half years, and I was trying to make those plans work and um, get up there, I think – it was this was in July of two thousand eight and I was starting to apply for jobs. I had some construction jobs, just some, you know, labor things. Had an apartment, I had gonna go sign the lease when I flew up there the next time. So I get up there, we I make the flight, she's working late, I'm waiting for her to get off, and we're gonna have dinner and uh, I'll never really forget this is that she said, Hey <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know how to say this, but I don't think you're the one for me I don't think I'm the one for you and at that point like he talked about just feeling really small feeling just like insignificant and uh, a lot of that was like me doing a lot of things in my own effort my own mm-hmm. I was not listening to wise counsel I wasn't listening to my parents I wasn't listening to my brother you know like people who I was really close to I'd drawn some walls up I'd said you know I, I've got my whole thing I'm going to do it and so help me so uh, when that happened it uh, just kind of wasn't really I really wasn't chasing God and wasn't really seeking him. And um, long story short, I kind of flew back with no intentions <laughs> of nowhere to go. Yeah. And my brother was living in San Marcos. He had a roommate just moving out. And so I called Josh up and I was like, hey, man, <laughs> so here's the story. You got a place I a sleep. He's like, yeah, I got a roommate. It's just moving out. Come on down. And so I moved in with my brother in San Marcos. And uh, from that moment on, God has been working on my heart. Mm-hmm. And it's been a, a great process because that very next ma- month, um, they mutual friends. Um, I met my wife, my now wife. We were just going to go meet, hang out, just say hi. We both had moved to San Marcos at the same time. We both had mutual friends. So it was kind of like, hey, let's let's just get together. And when I first saw her, I was like, this is not just getting together. This is, <laughs> <laughs> this is a little bit more. Um, and which. You know, back then Short sighted, of Bread then too um, But also, like God had some ordained things That he was working on That I was not aware of Yeah And we spent A lot of time talking Getting to know each other uh, San Marcus is known For all the rivers So we floated the rivers Number one Cold uh, <laughs> River trip in October Oh, oh my goodness uh, Yeah Yeah, down the Comal Which is It can get chilly But there was nobody on the river It was just the two of us floating and they well,
0: Yeah, because it was October <laughs>
2: Why was there nobody there? Green Everyone plan. else no. got the memo <laughs> except
0: short sighted Brad. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, but we got to talk. We got to hang out. Yeah. And just from that moment, moment on, we got to kind of see each other's hearts and kind of hear more of our history of where we come from and her background. And, you know, it's not been the most perfect and ideal thing. I would say, I would say, hey, look at Brad because that's how you do it. But through that, we've we've definitely learned. You know, I started working in the oil and gas business and traveling and doing like leasing and. How to work for his layman stuff and she was getting her master's in counseling from texas state she took a job uh in marshall texas at her old alma mater which is etbu and so she moved up there so here's brad again doing long distance <laughs> uh but you know it's a little closer to tyler so i moved back to tyler and uh, we worked through just that hour trip which was not that bad um, but we got married and um we just have been developing like into our family now. Yeah, I think at that point, yeah, we were still kind of like say, "Hey, we need to get in church," or "Hey, we need to really figure out if we want to live a godly life or what we want to do." I mean, we honestly we would watch Andy Stanley online mm-hmm. in Limeberry Hall when we first got married. That's what <laughs> we considered church. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it was good, better than nothing. It was. Yeah. It was better than nothing, yeah. and. I love Marshall, Texas. I have a deep affinity for the place. Cafe Italia, if you're listening, I love <laughs> lobster ravioli. Nice. Um, but it definitely was like a, a time for us to kind of realize some things about ourselves and who we were going to be. I mean, that first year of marriage is it's no joke. Um, mm-hmm. And being a guy living in a freshman girl's dorm with my <laughs> wife, I had to learn a lot. I fast.
0: can only imagine <laughs> oh, <no.
2: laughs> So, uh, I got to grill for a lot of A lot of girls I didn't ever grill eggs But I grilled <laughs> a lot of know. things um, nice. Which was really unique Interesting And just a lot of fun um, Megan's amazing When she's able to work with You know other girls And in that situation Where she was a resident director For the university And just kind of How she handled things I just got to see My wife More just like what she's really good at. She's really good at communicating, really good at just talking. Uh, right now she's a licensed counselor at A&M, Um And she, she does a really great job of just being able to hear people and, and kind of understand their feelings. And that, that helped me a guy who does not talk really well, uh, which uh, and also just how to express myself. Mm. That's something I didn't have growing up. Um, my family was amazing. They set us up for a lot of good things, probably some stuff that, Looking back, I'm like, how did they get by? How did they do any of this with four kids themselves? Yeah, You know, like, um, but just some other things that my wife is able to bring out of me and just kind of like walk through and just kind of give me some good insight on what it is that we're going mm-hmm. after. And so uh, that first year of marriage, we got pregnant with our first son, Hudson. Um, it was, he's an awesome kid. Um, great kid. Um, we had him, <laughs> his crib was in another, we moved to another dorm. A uh, little hall apartment, and that was his first house, our first little family wow, nice. house. And uh, really sweet moments, you know. And from yeah. that moment on, God started really saying, Okay, there was not a really big picture I'm drawing for you, but to be a dad, to mm-hmm. really give them just um, a place that they can be loved, a place they can just know that they have a dad that's gonna be there for them. So, in the middle of all that, I was traveling down here to Bryan College Station. And I was working in this area from Marshall, so I was, like, back and forth, yin and yang, and back in that traffic, and uh, it wasn't too great. So my wife uh, just happened to look at the AM job board one day, and there was a counseling position, and, you know, she had all the credentials, and she applied, and she got the job. And I guess, like, we, we kind of talked a little more than that, but <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Um, Hey, surprise, I got a job. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. basically. (laughs) Uh, But we knew this area was like a good area to Mm -hmm. raise a family and just had like a lot of good potential. It was close to her family at the time, was in Houston, Cypress area. So getting close to her family as well, so that helped a little bit. But, yeah, at that time, you know, we were with Hudson, new family, trying to get our legs going and just traveling back and forth, still from different places from here even. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think I was kind of getting tired of it. We were pregnant with our second Uh, son Logan and I was like man I cannot leave Megan home with two (laughs) baby boys and traveling and just doing the circus of what I was doing and it was good money and it was a lot of fun in some aspects uh, but missing my family on a weekly basis was just not what I wanted to do and so I think I was in a small group with some guys here at Brazos Fellowship and one of them I was like hey man I don't know if you know anybody, but I've got a resume and if it's taking out trash, if it's raking leaves, I don't care. I just want to be home a yeah. bit more than I was. And I gave my resume to this guy and he turned around and gave it to Corey Ging. <laughs> 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 and uh, Corey Ging gave me a call and he said, Hey man, we'd love to talk to you. Uh, you come highly recommended. And I, I maybe Chris Shepard here too. said yeah. something. But that's another story. Should probably get into later. But uh, yeah, Corey said love to talk to you about a job, and I didn't know anything about the job uh, until I came and sit down with him and just got to hear his art, hear his position that he was looking for, and I pretty much just said yes. I think I had talked to Sean and some other people, but yeah. um, it was basically learning how to edit videos. And I had a little bit of background with, like, music and kind of knowing, like, putting together, like, how to you record and yeah. mm-hmm. those kind of things. So it kind of, like, translated really well. Uh, but the process of working in a church, you know, the technical side, the creative side, and then where I had come from was very, like, hostile. Not hostile towards God. Just, like, the work environment was not... <laughs> wasn't centered around the work of the kingdom. It wasn't centered yeah. around, mm-hmm. you know, trying to think about how can we get more people to know Jesus. It was more centered around, like... How can I get more dollar bills out of the oil. Right. Right. And like the language used and like the attitudes. Mm -hmm. um, I started having, I had this callousness when I came into this job and it really, uh, it's been breaking down for the past six years now. I was very arrogant, very prideful and just thought more of myself than I I knew I should. And I definitely think other people knew I shouldn't have, um, (laughs) but it's definitely shown me some things about one, just being a man of integrity. Um, you know, how to talk with integrity. How did like Like the how overflow of the ho- heart, the mouth speaks. Like, yeah. I didn't really, I knew those verses like from way back then, but I wasn't applying them and slowly and surely it's like over time I've had to like continue to, to be more just like, let, let me hear from somebody else. Let's let hear from just like myself, like who thinks I know it all. And like, it's been like, okay. I may not see eye to eye. I may not hear what they're saying exactly, but like, we're here for the same purpose, is to build the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And it's taken a little bit. And we went to some uh, conferences in Atlanta, and some of those were really instrumental in like grounding me back into where I knew God wanted me to be. And through just true worship of God, of who He is, and how great He is, and just knowing that His heart for me is not to accumulate things, or it's not to like be some this notoriety that I think I wanted or whatever. It's really just to build this kingdom. And this may be a small thing that I'm doing, but it has indirect, but also some pretty vast legs to it that, um, speak to more than just what, what you can hear. And the visuals sometimes get to somebody's heart faster too than yeah. what They can read or see or what they can hear. So I've been very humbled and very, just truly blessed to be able to work here. We have great people and stuff. Uh, and this whole podcast probably shown that maybe, but, uh, I can truly sit here and say from behind the, the wall of the Brazos Fellowship curtain, mm-hmm. um, there's ups and downs. I mean, there's sure. there's people that are running this place. <laughs> um, but there's there are people that are really wanting to do the right thing, mm-hmm. and they're really trying to seek after God's heart. And um, sometimes you may not see it. Sometimes you're blind because of your own circumstantial things that are going on. Uh, I said I had four kids. <laughs> <later there. laughs> Did uh, you mention you have four kids? <laughs> I get tired very often. <laughs> Um, but there's, there's just an amount of grace that is extended to people here. And I love that about this place. Yeah. It's taught me quite a bit. So all that to say from trying to move to Kansas city, here I am. Yeah. So uh, crazy. That's
0: so crazy. Well, and and as you were talking just a minute ago, talking about how, you know, there, there was this moment where maybe you weren't making as obvious of an impact or had as much notoriety as you wish. And I just, I, I don't know, just as you were talking, I was just thinking about, you know, if we're willing to be a stone in the hand of God and he throws a stone across the lake, like we don't recognize the ripple effect from any mm-hmm. independent impact that we make along our journey and along the way. But those ripples just extend and keep extending and keep extending and have all of this impact and effect so far outreaching that moment of impact or that moment in time where that rock came in contact with the water but it, it's our willingness to just say, "Hey, I'm, I'm willing." God, wherever you're going to send me, whatever you're going to ask me to do, I'm willing to do it. And it, in us saying yes to that, then God says, "Okay, I, I got this." Yes. Like you don't worry about mm-hmm. what you can see or the notoriety or the attention or the impact you think you're making. Just trust, I got this. And, and to hear you, like recognize that and have that posture and just say, you know, like it's worth it. It's worth mm-hmm. it because it's worth building the kingdom. It's worth being a part of whatever it is that God is doing, whether it has my name attached to it or not, is not the important part because it's all about his name and his fame. So that's awesome.
2: Yeah. I think early on, like um, maybe college years, Went to Passion one day up in Sherman, Texas, and got to camp out with a whole bunch of hippie Christians, and, <laughs> and it rained. And it rained a lot. A, it was like Woodstock, <laughs> yes, minus <laughs> a lot of the bad drugs yes. and stuff. Um, but it was one of those moments, you know, when John Piper is talking about don't waste your life, and I can. There's key things that you do remember. Yeah, um, you just are dumb sometimes in life and make dumb <laughs> decisions. But that talk of him saying don't waste your life. And talking about seashells, he talked about, you know, when we come to the end of our life and, you know, we retired and like we took all these trips and collected seashells, you know, like at the end of it, when you come before God, it's like, what are you going to offer him? You know, come to him and say, hey, God, uh, here's all my seashells I collected. Um, that one definitely rings out in my life a lot because there's a lot of times like, yeah, I want to go collect seashells. Yeah. Like, that sounds like really good right now. They're pretty. It's relaxing. <laughs> and We actually just did a lot of that this past
1: weekend. I have daughter. four kids. <laughs> yeah.
2: um, you know, but there, there is something to the fact that I think God is really trying to say, hey, just because, you know, you're not in that place where you think your head is or mm-hmm. that place that you think you should be, mm-hmm. um, he still has things for you to do. Yeah. In the day to day, the week to week, the people you work with, the people you go home to, mm-hmm. um, that's the big one for me is that it's hard to be patient at work mm. <laughs> and then go home and be patient as mm. a, yeah. as a wow. dad or a husband um, and then sit there and say, okay, God, there's something in this for me. Because most of the time I am short sighted still. Like there's things about me, I'm just selfish. I'm like, I just want to sit down and not do a thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's hard because that, time usually is around 10 o'clock and then you're like, I should be asleep. (laughs) So yeah, I I definitely have grown to know that I I don't want to waste my life. I don't want to just sit there and collect seashells. I don't want to sit back and just let things pass me by or also think I deserve this or I should be Mm -hmm. getting notoriety for this. Like God is going to get his glory somewhere or the other. And if I sit back and let somebody else do it and that's great. Or if I do it myself, like that's not the posture probably we should have, but it's the thing like I really need to trust God in this process and say, okay, I'm here in this moment. I want to be diligent with my hands. I want him to say, I want to be able to say, God, I did this. Mm-hmm. I know there's some rough spots, um, but hopefully this this brings you glory. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's still a learning process. Yeah, so good.
1: Yeah. Incredible. And I think one of the greatest gifts that like God gives us is the people he interjects in our lives. And usually at the moment, we probably don't realize it until years later, but who would you say are some of those people that God's brought in that have walked with you and been a big part of your story?
2: Yeah. <laughs> My granddaddy, he was a Baptist minister for a very long time. Very godly man who just woke up every day somehow had time when he had three kids to read his Bible and yeah. prepare a sermon and go help a widow or you know like the things you hear of like mm-hmm. the pastors that don't get you know I'm sure there's things Will will never bring up because Will's just such a humble guy yeah um, and so was my granddaddy like there's things that I'll probably never know on this side of the earth like of heaven that he loved to do that we, you know he would just go help people I hear that all the time from like stories my grandma my nana would say is that like Granite, went and fed this person, you know, while they're at the hospital because they couldn't make it back home. Or just, just things that he did, just it put in me kind of like how to be selfless or how that's to look cool. out for other people. And um, that's always been something to call back on and say, I want to have that mentality when I see somebody that need that I can be like him. Other people, uh, my brother Josh, um, he's, he's probably the, probably going to cry a little bit. He is my best friend. And, uh, if he did, did it, it's a call of 2008, I don't really know yeah. the steps I would take him, but because we got to move in, we became better friends and better brothers in that moment. Um, we were, uh, the oldest two of four and, you know, we did everything together. Um, got in trouble, ran around, played baseball went to school together, um, did a lot of things and we fought, we loved each other. I mean, we, we probably didn't know the potential we had to do together back then then when we moved into each with each other um, we both got to just enjoy life together and get to know each other on a more personal level that's so cool you know just uh, get to go to the beach with him this past weekend and just hang out with him and his family and the rest of our family um, and just have honest talk like where we're mm-hmm. at in life and just some struggles or just some thoughts concerns just like goals we want to achieve and there's only a few people in life you get to do that with, mm-hmm. you know, and those are very special conversations. Uh, we live three hours apart. So just getting to talk to him is it, – it's a joy of mine. Yeah. Um, you know, we're not both – <laughs> we're not gifted communicators at, by no <laughs> means. Uh, he's a coach at a school up in Tyler, and uh, he does a great job doing baseball and football up there. Um, but he's just another person that's really just poured into me. He does, may not even know it, but uh, we're only 15 months apart. So – Wow. It's hard to tell who's the oldest at some points, <laughs> um, but he is a wise guy and they just he just knows his. He knows what he wants, and, he, and also just very kind and considerate of other people. He always has been. Um, always lifts me up, and I hope I can do the same for him. Uh, some other people, another guy named Josh Mills, was a key guy growing up in high school. He was a missionary for so long. He and his family just moved back from uh, Western Africa, and just. Uh, he was another guy that was at one day. Yeah. And, uh, Chris. Quite was, a crew. Yeah, there's just a, a lineage of people uh, that I could probably just rattle off, mm-hmm. you know, that have been very instrumental in just uh, growing my faith and give me some good foundational places that say, hey, God, you met him here. Mm-hmm. He called you to this point. And um, at some point, it all culminated to Dallas Baptist University. And this is where I get to meet, well, actually... It was before that. Yeah. We were at Tyler Junior College. Yeah. Tyler. TJC Apache. So, the Apaches. So Apaches. Yeah, TJC Apaches. This <laughs> is uh,
0: 2002, I think. 2002,
2: 2003. Yeah. The BSM. That's where it went down. That's where you didn't want to go to class. A lot of stuff went you down. You went and played ping pong at <laughs> the BSM. That's exactly right. Uh, Mark Jones, thank oh. you. Yep. Um, we just, I think it's Josh, Miguel, Chris, uh, I got to meet Chris, and I want to tell you about Chris Shepard real quick.
1: Uh-oh. Uh oh. I, I can edit uh, yes. this out. Let's go. I can
0: edit this out if, if, if
2: this part gets
1: edited. Well um, let me record on my phone real quick. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, I'll tell anybody if he's pulled me on the side of the street or something, I'll tell you a story. But uh, we had Flag Football League, and we had a BSM team. And uh, if you want to know what it means to be competitive, you play a game with Chris Shepard, whether it's a board game. <laughs> Sports, stick and bow. Chris yes. is—he's uh, your guy that's gonna ride or die yeah, the game. It's pretty true. And uh, when I found out Chris's competitive streak and how he talked to refs, I was very, <laughs> very aware of Chris <laughs> Shepard. Um,
0: I talk a little less now, but I still am very competitive.
2: Oh, I don't doubt it. Yeah, I don't doubt it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think at that point in 2003, we all there was like a group of us uh, that started thinking about. Going beyond our associates, maybe, and yeah. going to Dallas Baptist and going to school there. So I think it was, yeah, Josh Millsy was going to be mm-hmm. there, but he became a missionary and he went and lived showed and all of us up. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, <laughs> y'all go do school. I'm going to go follow step. God yeah, to y'all go the go other do, side I of the world. D- yeah. and I think it worked out for him. He met his <laughs> wife did, there. Yeah. So, yeah. So we met Chris. Chris my. He was my sweet mate. Yes. Yeah. How were we? Were we was I a good sweet mate?
0: Yeah. You were a great sweet mate.
2: I think you were too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that mm-hmm. was, it was one semester. I was at Dallas Baptist for one semester, and man, what a semester. <laughs> so many stories come out of that. We could we could have an entire podcast it, episode yeah. just about stories
1: yeah. from us. We semester. need bonus content. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah <laughs> for sure. A, there's a gator at Dallas Baptist that has our name on it. Yeah. Uh, I oh. took a lot of joy rides on, so.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: oh. oh, man. So many things from that semester. Do
2: you remember uh, launching water balloons? Oh, yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> and then hiding the launchers up in the ceiling in tiles. The ceiling tiles, yeah. And, uh making this huge plan to steal all the chairs for graduation yep. and wow. almost es- essentially being told don't come back next semester. Um, do you remember
2: the firecrackers that <laughs> the night before the last day of school? I don't remember the
0: firecrackers. Oh. I do remember. So <laughs> we had like, bonus content. Oh. <laughs> we, we had another friend. I'll tell this one quick story. I've, t- I've shared this with I'm you ready. before. It uh, has nothing to do with me or Brad really but we had this friend Paul who was quite the outdoors person <laughs> like loved outdoors all things uh animals and reptiles and whatever and he we went to this church that had some property about 15 minutes away from school and out behind the property they had like these big huge rocks and kind of a wooded area well they had rattlesnakes and so our friend Paul went out and caught a rattlesnake and one day he was like hey come with me I'm gonna go like check on this this snake I didn't know it was a rattlesnake and it wasn't that ab- abnormal for him to have snakes, whatever. So I went to the church, and he had a fifty-five gallon trash can with a lid on it. And he takes the lid off, and there's a rattlesnake, like a real full-grown adult rattlesnake. No, thank you. Losing <laughs> its mind when he takes the lid off. So eventually, the church told him he couldn't keep it in the <laughs> in the trash can, and he wanted to take it and get it, like the venom harvested, so that they could make antivenom venom or whatever. Okay. So he's going to take it. He, it was very noble. Well, this is, where it, this is where it derails a little. He
2: wanted to be in a secure place, too. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. And so what he did was he took the rattlesnake and he put it inside of two pillowcases and then he put those pillowcases inside of a backpack <laughs> to, you know, so that the rattlesnake couldn't get loose or whatever. Sure. Well, he was unable to find a place to go get the venom harvested. And so he took the backpack and put it in the floor of his closet in the dorm and mm-hmm. And his roommate was the RA. Mm -hmm. And so the backpack lived in his closet in his dorm for, uh, I want to say, a couple weeks. It was in there for a while. It was pretty cold. And so the rattlesnake kind of like essentially went into hibernation, whatever. Well, one day they're sitting in the room tossing the football back and forth, and the RA overthrows the football, and Paul goes to catch it. He misses it, and the football hits the backpack, and you hear...
1: No, no, yeah. thank you. And his RA's <laughs> like,
0: what? what is that? And so Paul makes up some excuse or whatever. And eventually, he has to confess. Yeah, there's a rattlesnake this in this snake? backpack. And it's been in our room for the last two it's weeks. It's
2: been down the hall. Yeah. Like our, uh, me and Chris's suite was at the very end, yeah, very end of yeah. Langley. And we had David Ramirez, Austin Tolis, Joel Hawkins, we had Daniel Dill, who I think was a security guard there, too. No, Ryan, Ryan Everly was Eberle, yeah. security guard. Daniel S- Dill,
0: Ryan Everly were my roommates yeah. and your sweetmates, mates. And, yeah, Daniel Dill was good old boy. Yeah, but,
2: and uh, we had a rattlesnake
0: yeah, right, right down, down the, the hallway. Hall. And it was there for a while. Yeah, That's that didn't terrible. go over. That didn't yeah, go over very I can't well. I can imagine. Yeah, he yeah. surprisingly did not get kicked out of school, but got in a lot of trouble. Yeah. (laughs) Lots of, lots of fun, (laughs) lots of fun moments. You know, you've mentioned Brad through all of these different seasons and people and interactions. You, you've talked about like what it looks like for you to be a person of integrity and integrity with your speech. You've talked about like seeing how your grandfather was compassionate and loving and caring for people. Like, what would you say are are some of the lessons that have stuck with you that you are like, man, this is the type of person I want to be what are some of those lessons that you've learned um, that continue to impact you today?
2: I think one that has come across from me recently, during COVID, really, uh, I started listening to the Unashamed podcast with Phil Robertson, Dave Robertson, you know, the Duck Dynasty dudes.
0: Yeah. Um, mm-hmm.
2: And it's just, it's not like, you're not going to go there for exegesis talk. But, uh, <laughs> it definitely is one that it's just guys talking about their experience mm-hmm. as men um, and as dads, mainly some of them it's just going through their history and the things that they learned along the way and picking up inside from them has been really helpful as a dad. Yes, yeah. um, I love being outside. I love fishing. Um, I don't hunt as much as I'd probably want to, um, but I can r- relate to some of the stories and a lot of things they talk about is just being uh, men that really are intentional about kingdom living and being unashamed for the gospel of Christ. And, um, Working out of my garage during COVID, I got to listen to quite a bit while I was working, and just um, get to really understand that passage of you know, in Romans is like not to be unashamed of the gospel of Christ. Mm-hmm. And another passage they always are talking about is First Thessalonians four eleven, like make it your ambition to live a quiet life. You know, to do, be diligent with your hands so that you may win others for you know over for the Lord. And to me that speaks because 'cause I'm a really quiet spoken person. <laughs> and yeah. so uh, I don't really do microphones too well. <laughs> but you're doing a great job, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. Um, but like for me, like I don't try to be flashy. I don't I don't know, that's not my, my term, I don't know. But I really just I wanna be able to be able to be there for people. I love just the way that I've seen others be selfless and how that's affected the kingdom and I've seen how people have been selfless to me and that's affected my life. Um, even when I wasn't aware Mm -hmm. and I hope that as a dad and as a husband, you know, I, I do, I, I try to look after them. I try to make sure that their needs and what they're trying to accomplish in life are met and they have good foundations. And, um, there's a lot for me to still learn uh, there's still a lot for me to take because my kids are only seven through two. And so I got a lot of life yeah. going through the teenage years, probably. Yeah. Soon. Oh, yeah. It's uh, going to be fun. Wow. Chris, <laughs> let's unite again on that one. We'll probably need to start getting the water balloon launchers going. Yeah, really. Um, <laughs> but uh, th- there's just part of me that just, I want to be able to not have to use so many words and I want to use more actions. Mm. Uh, I think there's like a St. Augustine quote in there somewhere, but. I think, uh, for me, it's, to be a good neighbor is just to hear them and listen to them. Um, and the people I immediately live around, uh, they all know me. They all know my phone number. A couple of my neighbors hide their house key at my house. Um, and, like, those are small things, and they don't probably mean that much, but it's an opportunity to talk to them. It's the yeah. opportunity to kind of, like, lean into their lives, as well as ours. Like, as a family of six, like, there's a lot of times we're trying to, like, get by and scrap things, mm-hmm. like, on a daily of a schedule, of just you know emergencies we don't, we don't have them but I know who I'm gonna call mm-hmm. and same for them you know I think we had the hellstorm back in April like a lot of our neighbors we just rallied around each other and it was in those moments like I was able to go and be there for make sure like everybody was okay and um, those small things really meant a lot because now we have some capital just to talk and just so good really just um, speaking to each other's lives and hopefully there's some lasting impact you know yeah. I, I'm I think that's how it is for me and everything I do is that I want to be able to start leaving a legacy that you know leaves a good taste in people's mouths and really just leaves a place better than you found it Um, that's something that I think I could always strive to be is that God is really looking for people to help build his kingdom and whether you are aware or not you know just like the stone you were saying earlier like God's going to use that stone and the ripples are going to affect different ways and different areas and being open to that and being just ready wherever mm-hmm. he takes you is just, uh, something I'm learning to it every day. It's going to have its challenges. Every day it's going to look different. Um, uh, but being patient, being full of integrity, um, just being available and knowing that one day it's not going to be seashells in your hands. Either. Yeah. Hopefully it's something that you can offer God, your worship, your mm-hmm. life, and just that you have lived a life that pleases him and others around him. So,
0: So good
1: in trying to leave a legacy with your sweet kiddos and just being a husband and you're an employee, like you have coworkers and all this part of your seasons in life. What are some of the disciplines or things that you are trying to do or been doing that have really like helped you in growing your faith and just staying healthy in different aspects and being like who you want to be?
2: Yeah. For me early on, I think with Hudson there's a couple of things that I would do. I would, I would sing the yellow Coldplay song to him a lot.
1: Good song.
2: But yeah, wow. he still sings it to me too. Oh. Um, so great. And praying over him. Uh, that was just uh, something that I wanted to do. And I still do not every day with him, but just through our four kids, like at night, um, praying over them, praying with them. Mm-hmm. You know, just trying to instill that. Where, I guess before growing up, like we knew of God. We'd go to church. we do the whole um, practice, but we wouldn't do like the praying or the reading of the Bible on a daily. Like if we did, we found it weird or we found it like just out of place. and mm-hmm. wasn't the normal flow of our life. And still to this day, we're not perfect. But I think for me, I want to at least make prayer. I want to make, make reading the Bible, not a weird thing. I want to mm-hmm. make yeah. um, something that they see is just a part of life and the way we talk about it. Um, and so for me, praying over them is a huge thing. Um, it's not consistent, it's not every day, but it, when we do, it's like, it's very, I want their lives to have just huge blessings to other people. You know, I think we did a movie called Unbroken four years ago about Louis Zampanini. Mm-hmm. And they asked him, you know, like um, a certain series of questions in the court martial hearing. And, you know, these, the gist of the whole thing is that there's enough mean and evil in the world. He's just, the what little I can do is be more kind and, And so that's something I want my kids to be is like, you know, as this world just continues to spin and to spin and spin, like it's going to go in different directions. And one constant that we can be is just loving people just like Jesus loved us. Mm -hmm. You know, we never deserved his grace. Uh, We never deserved his forgiveness. Um, But, man, how cool is it when you get to be something totally counterculture and be a forgiving person, a kind person, like be the total opposite of what the world expects you to be. Yeah. Um, and that's my prayer for my kids. Yeah. And so in doing that, I hope that lately through my coworkers, they can, I can do that to them too is like encourage them, mm-hmm. you know, whatever small, you know, megaphone I have, like just to be able to like speak into them and just say like, they're doing great jobs. Like we have some really talented people on this stuff and the way that they work, the way they, um, handle their business, the way they just interact with each other. is uh, it is, it's very, <laughs> sometimes at college, but sometimes it's it's people that really care for each other here. And um, it's taken me a while to really see that and to kind of take that end. Um, but I think there's a part of me that wants to carry that over the way I treat my kids. So hopefully I'm doing the same thing to other people around me. I started reading a book, Grace Awakening by Charles Wendell. And it's kind of a unique book on the way that he approaches the church. It's more like the people in church are like Pharisees kind of. Um, but talking about how like there's killers all around us and the killers are we kill grace on sometimes how we interact with people you know we can sometimes not give them the benefit of doubt or we cannot extend grace to them by giving them the freedom to express like some hurts or some pains you know or if they we there's a struggle going on like not being judgmental but lending them a hand or finding a way to be somebody they can talk to and Instead of just being, oh, you definitely did the dirty there. Let's let's not talk to you again. Mm -hmm. Like our aim as Christians should be, like, hey, yeah, you 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 took a messed up here. How can I help you? Encourage you to get back up. And especially in the Christian, like, sorry, this may be a run on, but I think for me, like, it's taken me a while to realize I'm not on an island here. Like, and other guys, and other dads need to hear that is that we are not on islands. Like, there are other guys that are feeling the same thing you Mm -hmm. may be feeling at this moment. You may have some doubts. You may have some just struggles that you aren't wanting to talk about. And there's somebody in your life that you can at least say, hey, if not express your pain or your struggles, like ask them how they're doing. And in doing so, you may find a way to bridge bridge a gap. And, you know, if you can care for somebody else, maybe that takes the focus off you for a little bit. Or maybe it just helps you to say, okay, this is how I would like to be approached. Mm -hmm. Or this is how I can just minister to somebody else out there it doesn't have to be somebody in church but like we're not on islands you know mm. i think a lot of the time we all pity e- pit ourselves against each other or separate ourselves and remove ourselves because we don't really know how to talk and i think recently it's just like knowing that guys especially like if we can just open up and be just like uh, completely vulnerable and don't feel like you're a wimp like just know like if you're a dad there's other dads out there probably are Mm -hmm. feeling the same way you are um if you're an employee you know maybe there's some other coworkers somewhere else or somewhere that you know that can speak into your situation if you're a college kid like you're not on an island like there's somebody out there that you can reach out to and if it you don't know who that is you know chris shepherd he's got a 1-800 number here (laughs) give him a call but i think for for me i want to Daily have a chance to say how can I encourage somebody today? Yeah. How can I reach out and um, yeah? Because I, I got four kids. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> know. My alarm clock is Nolan Culpepper. He <laughs> oh. works at 5.30 uh, on the regular.
0: That's a pretty cute alarm clock, though.
2: He is. Yeah.
0: I mean, I you know I have my own yeah. Campbell Shepherd alarm clock, so <laughs> I, I know how it goes. But yeah,
2: it, it at those times it's hard to kind of dive into the word or do the ideal quiet time. But yeah. there are moments that I'm always, like, thinking of, like, it's usually in the shower when I'm thinking of, like, out of break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's it's hard to get alone time, but I think it's it's needed sometimes. It's just, like, where can I find places? Is it driving in the car? Is it, like, getting alone in your office Some for just a few moments? Like, um, taking some time to really think about connecting with God. And for me, that has been... I struggle more. It's more like I really hunger for it now. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find places to carve out and find time and to do that. And uh, I mean, it's not been consistent. I would say it's mainly in the past six months for me lately. And it's been really good. It's been very encouraging. But yeah, just trying to find freedom in your schedule to help mm-hmm. yourself and help other guys or girls. And, so good. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And that, I mean, you already answered the, the last part of this is just, man, how does that play itself out in your life and the way you interact with other people? And I just, I love that encouragement like, man, you just have to recognize that you're not on an island. And you just have to, there has to be a willingness at some point to just put yourself out there and say, hey, I'm just going to make this genuine connection with someone just because I want to be kind. No agenda, no like, I think you should be acting this way or doing this thing or what you're doing is wrong or any of those things. It's just like, no, I just want to show kindness. I want to offer grace. I want to show love to somebody and Putting everything that you've said today together, that is who you are. And that's one of the things that I have loved. As long as I've known you, yeah, you're you're an incredibly soft-spoken guy uh, and very gentle and tender-hearted. But, man, you're genuine. Mm-hmm. And you've always really exemplified that for me and, and shown me, like, it's okay to just be who you are. Like, this is who I am. And I'm always going to be this way. And that doesn't mean that you're stuck there, right? Like there's growth that can still happen, but you're still just very genuine to who you are, what your experience is, what your journey is. And I've always loved that about you. And having you on staff has uh, just magnified that even more, getting to see you in a a different realm and a different aspect. So, man, I I love it. I love it.
2: Yeah, man. It's been good working with you again. This time is more official and more like <laughs> there's more roles that we follow. Oh.
0: Yeah, it's probably a good thing. Probably a good thing. Yeah. Man. I don't know that 2004 DBU Chris is a version of Chris that I would want to go back to.
2: <laughs> I mean, he's yeah. in there somewhere. Huh? Yeah.
0: Hopefully I've uh, matured and, and grown from there. But well, thank, thank you for coming on and, and opening up and sharing some of your story. And uh, I know that it's just so encouraging every time we get to sit down and have a conversation like this and just hearing some of what makes you you, but even more than that, just what you've learned along the way and how that then impacts other people. So really appreciate it.
2: Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Emmy. Of course. Thanks for teaching me so much about grilled eggs. Now.
1: <laughs> You're welcome. But
2: I want to plug right here, real quick, for Emmy. Emmy Rodriguez. I mean, we probably are mutual, soft-spoken people. <laughs> Agreed. Um, yes. But Emmy Rodriguez is one of the sweetest people on this staff. Yes.
0: And, Not just uh, this staff. Just probably in general. In general. In,
2: in the world. <laughs> the entire world. I'll put her up Gosh. against Mother Teresa. <laughs> oh, don't do that. Um, <laughs> She's turning red. <laughs> uh, Video podcast. Uh, no, yeah. we still don't need that. <laughs> no, I, I just want to say it's been a joy. Thanks for having me. And Thank yeah, you. It's been awesome.
0: Well, before we let you go, we have one last thing, and it's called This or That. Oh, and Emmy has like <laughs> six things over there. She's just going to rattle off. just a pairing and you have to choose this or that just for five or six different things but just to you know just get a little more of your preference gotcha yeah
1: okay first one you ready ready dogs or cats dogs do you have a dog
2: I do her name is Molly Molly 70 Molly Culpepper that's
1: so sweet (laughs) 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 Molly Culpepper the fifth child (laughs) love that relationship
2: (laughs) with my fifth child (laughs) she's my oldest child actually that's man.
1: okay Netflix or cable oh or neither. I guess you could pick that. I, got, I <laughs> mean,
2: cable, uh, sling count, sling. Yeah, I don't know. yeah. Gu- There's
1: so many options out there. I don't even know anymore. <laughs>
2: Guilty pleasure admission here. I'm a big NASCAR fan. So,
1: really, I, I don't know
2: that I knew that. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So, uh, do you
1: do you really like sit and watch the whole thing? How does that work? I've I wish never done I it. wish
2: I could sit and watch okay. the whole thing. <laughs> like you uh, would. he has four kids. You
1: would. <laughs> <laughs> Uh,
2: but I, you know, I try to keep up with it. Like, that's awesome. I know Denny Hamlin's in the lead right now, and he has, doesn't have a win. And Kyle Larson's about to kill it. So I love that. Yeah, there you go.
1: The more you know. <laughs> okay, uh, phone calls or a text? Ah, uh, phone calls. Yeah. Yeah. I. That's a, the right answer. <laughs> There's not. <a> right <laughs> there
0: answer. Is, I don't know if Chris. there is a right answer, but I'm not surprised by the name.
1: <laughs> okay, toaster eggs. Oh,
0: <laughs> grilled toast or grilled eggs,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, eggs on toast.
1: I get the best answer. Big. eggs on toast man. Okay. Cake or pie. Oh,
2: who's making the cake and who's making the pie? Um, Whoever you want. Yeah. All could right. be your it's favorite. My, uh, I would say, Ooh, it's so hard. I, I love cheesecake. So I'm gonna go yes. Yeah. Cheesecakes. Wow, I agree. On Brad's list. So
1: yeah. Okay. I love it. Big party or a small gathering?
2: Small gathering. Yeah. Big fan of small gatherings.
1: Laundry or dishes? <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, I just did the dishes this morning. My wife did the laundry this morning, so a big dish guy.
1: So all right. <laughs> <laughs> Is that
0: kind of how it normally works out? Like yeah, you're more of mean, the dish guy and she's more the laundry person?
2: Yes, because she knows the whole hot and cold thing mm-hmm. on the clothing. Oh, yeah. She's important. got her particulars. Yeah. Dishes, pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Hot water, soap. Yeah. You scrub a little. And we got Although,
0: to- I, when we got married, and even to this day, Leisha and I load the dishwasher differently. And for a while... I would go behind and I wouldn't (laughs) reopen it but next time I would like turn it around or Uh, like rearrange it how I would normally load it so that I could fit other stuff in there or whatever now I'm just like whatever
2: I don't care yeah I mean like uh, we've done the same thing it's uh, like I'm like there's so much wasted space you stacked that wrong exactly that dish or that's still in the sink definitely could fit in that hole (laughs) highly
1: inefficient
0: way to load the dishwasher yeah (laughs)
2: yeah. with four kids you gotta get those sippy cups in oh my
1: goodness absolutely Okay, hamburgers or tacos?
2: Oh, hamburgers. Oh, my really? Yes. Lately, just the different ways of doing hamburgers. You got the smash burgers. Are there really skillet. that many
0: different ways to do a hamburger?
2: Well, I mean, I just, you put bacon I mean, in smash time. burgers are awesome. Yes. Don't get me wrong. I, I did some smash burgers recently, and I was like... We did on on the beach. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like, uh, H-E-B's got, like, the bacon, bell pepper-infused mm. patties pre-made. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't go wrong with those. That's oh, fair. Tacos, That's fair. there's a million ways you can go with those, which yeah. they're all delicious. Yeah. Nothing against tacos, just. That's good. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. Okay. Burgers it is. Burgers, Burgers it, it is. You're sorry. fine. <laughs> this, is like, this is a short game, Brad. Stop
1: talking. Okay. The last one. Mountains or beach?
2: Definitely the beach.
1: Okay. Yeah, I like the beach too. Yeah, big fan. Have you vacationed in the mountains? I have you? My wife and I got read?
2: engaged in Keystone, Colorado. Uh, wow! So beautiful. I we love going anywhere. Like I will, I'll go anywhere in the world with my wife for sure. But.
1: What's easier with kids? Yeah, I guess that's the question. Is yeah. there a better location?
2: <laughs> the beach is just like they're right in front. Yeah, of yeah. yeah. A mountain it's like, hey, step away from that. Lodge <laughs> yeah, <place."> exactly.
1: <laughs> you know,
2: yeah. So. Fair I'm going to need to put a leash on yeah. you. <laughs> but yeah, oh man. beach guy, so.
0: so good, so good, beach guy Brad. I'll take that. Yeah, beach guy, guy Brad.
2: It's better than the other name I've known as around well, here. Well, you know, we're just going to leave it at beach guy Brad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much again for joining us.
2: Yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you, Emmy, for another wonderful, eloquently delivered podcast.
1: Anytime. This is so much fun for me.
0: Yeah. So (laughs) So. good. So good. Well, thank you again for listening. And uh, if you are not already subscribed, please hit the subscribe button. However, you're listening to this, you know, Emmy, the majority, like 68, 69% of the people listening to this podcast, you think it's Spotify or Apple?
1: Um, Spotify. It's actually Apple.
0: Apple. Dang it! Yeah. I am a Spotify player. I just uh, wanted to.
1: Guy, I just wanted to fight but, for Spotify, but I was like, yeah, and everything in me was like, but it's, it's, probably wrong. it's Apple Podcasts. So <laughs> hey, real
2: quick before you go, I learned this at our creative meeting today that okay. you have never listened to a whole George Strait song all the way through.
0: That is probably correct. Uh, I, wish I, I said it in a meeting the other day. No, and like it was correct. It's probably <laughs> that's
1: accurate.
0: sad. I don't think that it is. I do. What a loss. I I don't i don't feel like I've lost anything.
1: Okay.
2: I mean, how long have you lived in Texas? My whole life.
0: 39 years.
1: I just some like not even on the radio. Like that means you had to instinctively I, if, turn it off.
0: If country <laughs> comes on, I change the channel. If I get in someone's car and they're playing, that's fine. But if someone gets in my car, I'm like, what do you want to listen to? And they're like country. I'm like, you can get out.
1: I'm going to do that intentionally the next time Chris is in anyone else's yeah. car. Like, can I have the, the control yeah, well, <laughs>
2: happening? When your battery is somehow dead, I'm going to come give you a ride for like four hours <laughs> to get you caught up to speed so uh, no
0: no, <laughs> thanks. no <laughs> thanks i'll walk i'll call i'll call an uber oh. okay until next time
1: see you later <laughs>